Since starting the Voted Least Likely podcast, it's been an absolute honor to have conversations with women where they share advice, stories, and be very open and vulnerable about the struggles that they have faced in their journeys, whether they're entrepreneurial or not. This week, I am so thrilled to share a compilation that we put together as some of my favorite conversations. I hope these little tidbits help you feel inspired, seen, heard, and just rejuvenated as we head into this new year. It's still January, so I'm hoping that this is the mindset shift or the boost you need to start a fabulous new year and know that you are not alone. Welcome to the Voted Least Likely podcast. I am your host, Leah Yard. I'm a high school dropout who accidentally became an entrepreneur. After spending over a decade working minimum wage jobs, having a complete mental breakdown, and losing all confidence in myself, I somehow started a successful jewelry company. I am the least likely person to have ended up in the fashion industry, the least likely person to have overcome crippling anxiety, and the least likely person to have ever had the confidence to share my story. And I know if you are here, you've likely felt something similar. This piece of internet real estate is a place for us to share how we overcame our own obstacles and found a place to thrive, even if it was the last place we ever thought we would end up. We are talking all things related to failure with a little sense of humor on the side. It's time to expose the narratives we tell ourselves and the ones the world places on us. This is the Voted Least Likely podcast. When I started it, I didn't even know what it was when I started it. So I was working at a company where I was feeling so unmotivated, not creative at all. Um, I decided to create an Instagram account to be like a filter of my creativity, I guess. So on that Instagram account, um, I, I think the first name was Pink Crown Creative. Um, I know that I had a few different names, but they weren't like, they were all kind of variations of what that would be. And I think that that had come from just thinking about what do I what do I want to put out to the world so again it, it was like an Instagram account where I would share motivational quotes and then I would share just kind of thoughts and ideas that I had um it wasn't until I started going to in-person networking events um that were primarily female um it was a primary like female community and audience where I saw other entrepreneurs share how they started their story. I honestly never thought I would start a business before. Um, maybe in the background, just because I have some family who are entrepreneurs, maybe I thought that would be cool, but I just, I never knew what my business would be. So I never thought it would be a thing. But at these events, I would see people who were exactly like me, who had the same kind of itch where they felt like they wanted to be creative. They wanted to put something out there. They started a business. Um, and that truly was the first time where I think I gave myself permission to think about that. Um, and I would speak with people about marketing and I would hear that a lot of people who were entrepreneurs and business owners didn't know how to market their business. They didn't know what to do. And I just thought, oh, maybe this could be like a fun kind of little side hustle. And um, again, in, in that job that I wasn't finding the creativity, I just started um, to put things out there and and see like, okay, how can I kind of make this a reality? 
Um, and all of this was behind the scenes. I, I talked about it to no one. I was so insecure at first. I was so embarrassed. I probably had a blog and a website for probably six months before I actually shared it with anyone. You know, with every fallow season, there is a growth, you know, um, it's not easy when you're in the moment. No. Um, but yeah, it was, it was total imposter syndrome and syndrome hardness. And again, because of that, for me, it was that ego piece that what are people going to think? What am I going to do? How will they perceive what I'm doing next? What about this? And I was so fortunate with green beauty because I was, you know, one of the first, maybe some people, my PR person at the time would have said the first, I think I was maybe one of the first, um, to put that perspective of beauty out there as an online boutique in Canada, I had lots of wonderful media and sparkle and all of this attention, which was great, but it made the shift that much harder. A month later, I just accepted this partnership and got canceled for it. So I started seeing when I could physically get out of bed again and talk again and function again. I started seeing my therapist twice a week. I also saw my doctor because I was really struggling. It was my therapist actually who sent me to go see my doctor for uh, antidepressants, anti-anxiety medication, and believe it or not, angina medication. Because I remember one night a man was so upset at me for this collaboration that he found my address on Google Maps and he told me he was going to come to my house and take my dog and nail him to the front door so that I could feel what everybody else is feeling right now. And I just thought I was going to have a heart attack. I remember feeling the shooting pain down my arm and radiating up my neck to my jaw and I thought I was dying. And uh, I think it was a panic attack. I don't know, but uh, I was really afraid for myself. And so was my husband and Yeah. So the therapy really helped. And for three straight weeks, for three straight sessions, it was Zoom sessions with my therapist, just like this. And she was watching me ugly cry, like six total hours of just me ugly cry and wondering if I'd ever recover. And it was just awful. So then when I started eating again and kind of rejoining the living I started reading a ton and like a ton of nonfiction, like self-help books feel good um yeah. non-fiction taking walks with a dog I remember it was the dead of winter it was like the end of January mid-January and I would just try to like go for a walk but people were recognizing me on the street and uh like we were just relegated to our neighborhoods and backyards at the time and but my like people were recognizing me in my neighborhood and I actually bought a balaclava so that I could cover my face (laughs) and nobody would see me and like try being a black woman wearing a balaclava (laughs) in some bougie neighborhood (laughs) walking her designer dog and like like I I was I was like my husband's like maybe you should take off the balaclava (laughs) so you don't look like a robber but like honestly just the daylight, the sunlight and the cold crisp air really helped. And just 
it's so simple, but like, I love my dog, right? Like I, I oh. like make out with my dog. I love him. He's but a just gem. being in his, he's, he is, he is, but that unconditional love that just him bouncing around in the snow just gave me so much joy. It was, it's just such a small thing, but it just gave me so much joy. And there were days where my husband would just hold me. I'm sorry, I'm getting all emotional. Yeah. But there were there were days where he would just hold me. We would sit on the sofa and just he'd just tell me it'd be okay. Because I can't believe, like I I used to work in the health field in the federal government and yeah. Even the people I was working with were threatening violence against me. And I feel like the department I worked at really dropped the ball in ensuring my safety and um, ensuring that, you know, it's part of their own values and ethics code to protect their employees and to make sure that they're not being harassed at work. And none of them came through for me. They didn't even adhere to their own rules. And it was just a very tough time. It was just a very tough time. In career coaching, it was like a lot of times I'm working people, helping people through whether to take a job or not. So if they're really struggling with it, I was like, okay, let's imagine if you take it, like what, and a month from now you really hate it. Like what's the worst that's going to happen? So we walk through that. And if it's, you're an entrepreneur and you're decided to start something and it doesn't, you know, you, you worried it's going to fail. I mean, what's the worst part of that? I walk through that. Like what really is the harm of saying the yeses? And then just turn around and give it a big, big fat no if you feel like it's totally. really not cool. It's not working for you. So yeah, you're right. We have a lot of we have a lot of autonomy over stepping away from something that we forget yeah. about. A couple of years ago, I started playing tennis, and you know, out oh, of you know, public courts over in UBC and everything, and just. Um, I look at it as uh, a journey because when I started learning tennis, I realized, wow, I really love this. There's a competitiveness about it, but then also a camaraderie with people that you learn along with. And then there's a very, there's a, so much of it is an internal process to learn about yourself when you play, especially competitive, um, I guess, sports in any way, like uh, no matter where, whether it's tennis or any other sport. And uh, it was my first time really kind of uh, in high school, I was in music, so I didn't really do a lot of sports, but um, having gravitated to this sport as a in as an adult, um, and then playing it competitively, um, I can I feel like I can apply a lot of that thinking and the internal process that I take, and just kind of believing in the self, and knowing that you know if I arrive to a match, let's say, um, having doubts in my mind almost you know you can almost promise that match will not end up to be how you would want it to um end up so you have to come to the court come to the game come to the uh, the set with your mindset in a in the right place you know and it's kind of that li little engine that could like you know you got to believe in yourself and just start from that um and you know i, I apply it to my everyday and in my business as well and even my everyday with my my kids you know i have my older my oldest uh, daughter he who's 12 she's entering you know teenage years and that's a whole new territory i'm not familiar with and so am i doing the right thing as a parent all those things um i feel like yes it's important to have these doubts because it makes us 
better and um, challenges us. Uh, at the end of it, like when I have those doubts and I kind of go through the process of figuring it out and learning along the way. And, you know, with the idea that, okay, I'm not, it might not be perfect, but I'll figure it out. Uh, and on the on the other side of it, I'll I'll be able to make it happen. Thank you so much for being here. I really hope this episode gave you a boost of encouragement to follow your own path, even if it's a little unruly or has a few more weeds than you expected. I would love if you could share this with somebody important to you. We never know who needs a boost. If you'd like to learn more, you can find me at www.leayard.com. And if you want to see a little more behind the scenes, you can connect with me on Instagram at leayard. And now I will leave you with this. We all have more in common than we do not. Be kind when you can. Judge less, less often, and never, ever underestimate your own potential. I'll see you next week.